Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lily Moms. Lily Moms stands for life in the little years, and here we explore what it means to mother with the gospel in mind. Christ never meant for us to live without community, and here at Lily Moms, we strive to help you build your village and your faith. This year's theme is to gather and grow, drawing from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, which says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We hope you can find this a relevant and helpful theme for you no matter where you are. Whether you're listening in from afar or listening to the meetings over again just to refresh your memory, we are grateful for you. Thanks for listening in, and we pray that this episode brings you encouragement today. Today's episode is brought to you by Caitlin Cerrito and is all about hospitality and what that looks like in the little years and how it pertains to us specifically as Christians. And it is speaking directly to our theme of gathering and growing. And actually, Erica does a really fantastic job of introducing her. So without further ado, I will begin the recording of today's speaker. So Caitlin actually moved to North Carolina when she was nine years old. She's from L.A. And her family wanted a change of pace. So her parents literally went online. There was a website called findyourspot.com. And they took some quizzes, scoped some things out, and it led them to Hickory, North Carolina. So she moved from L.A. to Hickory when she was about nine. Um, She is married to her husband, Kyle. They met. He is also from Hickory. They've been married about four years. It's her son, James. Baby number two is on the way. Um, So she currently is the discipleship coordinator at Southeastern. So she works with women's life, um, just helping women connect, connect with each other, help them grow in their relationship with the Lord. Um, She's also a photographer, a family and wedding photographer. Um, Trying to think what other fun facts I have about Caitlin. Um, So they've been at North Wake for a few years now, and she's just a really gifted speaker and teacher. So she's going to be talking this morning about what hospitality looks like when you have craziness running around your house Um, and what it is, what it's not, um, and how we can all do it well. So without further ado, okay, Lynn Cerrito. Okay, can I just say, oh, I might have to raise this. Sorry, I'm a little taller. Um, I'm not that tall. I'm only like slightly above average, but... I don't know. I literally love sharing that story of how my parents wanted to move to Hickory, North Carolina because it's real. Like, they literally went on a website, findyourspot.com. Last time I checked, it still existed, but it was under construction. So, I don't know. You you may want to give it a try, but I can't give you a guarantee about that. Um, Okay. So, as Erica shared... I am going to be speaking about hospitality because our theme this year is gather and grow and what better way to gather and grow the size of our ways, no, I'm just kidding, Um, (laughs) but grow in fellowship with each other. And I know that this can actually be a really discouraging topic because it feels very hard to do when you're in the little years and I am literally in the little years right now. So I am with you and I am not trying to bring suggestions that will be like unmanageable but really feel like they can be one little step toward this um this ideal but uh before we get started 
raise your hand if you are a like hardcore, no Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving. I just need this in my soul. Okay, there are some. Yes, I know because I used to be one. This year, this year I'm changing. This year I'm like, And I went to Target and accidentally spent $27 on like little mini Christmas trees. So like they're in the $1 aisle. Can I just say they're $1, but they're $5. This is not Target. You need to fix this. But anyways, tis the season to spend $27 on mini Christmas trees. Um, and I say that because, you know, we think of hospitality and we think of like, all the right decor and your home being just so and having this perfectly manicured meal and your candles are lit and you made the homemade friendship bread and I just want to say that's not what I have in mind for today so if that's your vision let's just get permission to throw that one to the side talk about biblical hospitality um before we dive into like the actual heart of scripture on it I read a really helpful article that Jen Wilkin wrote, and it was on the Gospel Coalition a couple years ago, and she talked about entertainment versus hospitality. I thought that could be a really helpful place to start, so I just wanted to give you this disclaimer, like, what I'm about to say from this section is, like, largely credited to Jen Wilkin, not Caitlin Cerrito, but it's so helpful as, like, just a starting place. Um, because I think this is where we can get really mixed up with hospitality. So, thinking about this, um, actually, can I can I grab yeah. this thing? Is that yeah? My breaking rules. I'm a, I like to keep the rules, so I'm I'm tentative to like grab a music stand <laughs> that wasn't already there. Okay, but this is also tall. Yeah. Okay, but now this. Maybe I'll hold this. We'll do that. Can I do that? I'm breaking all kinds of rules. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and maybe I'll trip over this. Okay. All right. Thank you guys for bearing with me. So the difference between hospitality. Oh, I feel great holding her. I feel great about her, Julie. Thank you. <laughs> so listen, listen to this. Entertaining involves setting the perfect tablescape after an exhaustive search on Pinterest. It chooses a menu that will impress and then frets its way through each stage of preparation. It requires every throw pillow to be in place, every cobweb to be eradicated, every child to be neat and orderly. It plans extra time to don the perfect outfit before the first guest touches the doorbell on the seasonally decorated doorstep. <laughs> and should any element of the plan fall short, entertaining perceives the entire evening to have been tainted. Entertaining focuses attention on self. On the other hand, hospitality involves setting a table that makes everyone feel comfortable. It chooses a menu that allows FaceTime with guests instead of being chained to the stovetop. It picks up the house to make things pleasant but listen to this, for us moms, does not feel the need to conceal evidences of everyday life. <laughs> it sometimes sits down to dinner with flour in its hair. It allows the gathering to be shaped by the quality of the conversation rather than the cuisine. Okay. Hospitality shows interest in the thoughts, feelings, pursuits, and preferences of its guests. 
It's good at asking questions and listening intently to answers. Hospitality focuses attention on others. So entertainment was me. It's about me. Hospitality was about others. Entertainment is always thinking about the next course. Hospitality might accidentally burn the rolls because it was listening to a story. Entertaining obsesses over what went wrong. Hospitality savors what was shared. Entertaining exhausted says, it's nothing, really. Hospitality thinks it was nothing, really. Like, do you hear the difference in the mindsets and the approaches? Overall, entertaining is honestly seeking to impress, but hospitality is seeking to bless. So, again, all that's Jen Wilkin. Thank you, Jen, for your wise words. But this is so helpful. Like, the heart of hospitality is not to impress other people. And when we get that, it frees us from all of these standards that we just put on ourselves of what this has to look like, has to look like. Because if that's our mindset to impress, we're going to be chained to this perfection mindset. We're not going to approach it. We're not going to touch it. We're not going to try to be hospitable. Or if we are, we're going to crush ourselves under this standard. And then we, like, miss the whole point. So instead, hospitality seeks to bless. Um, This might be an ideal that you have never thought of before. Or maybe you're like, I really do want to be hospitable, but I just don't even know where to start. Um, There's a lot of barriers to it, so we're going to talk through some of those barriers. But I just want to say, like, this talk is not designed to heap condemnation on you and be like, why aren't you doing this more? Like, you should be doing this all the time. Be like me. Be awesome. I'm still figuring this out to you. This is designed to, like, empower you and free you by showing you the biblical vision and getting all the other weird stuff that we put in the way as the focus, like, getting that out of the way and keeping what's really important as the focus. Um, I don't want this to be like one more thing that you, you feel like you need to do, but really turn it into a pattern of the way that you live your life. Um, and that revolves around friendship and being around other people because that is part of hospitality. So one practical question you could ask yourself during this talk is like, what is something that I already do that I could just invite other people into. Because that's like the heart of hospitality is I want to be around others. I want to be a lover of strangers. I want to be people, someone who welcomes people in. So what's something I already do? If you feel like your life is so packed full, like there's literally no way I could come up with one night of the week, every week to do this, like don't even put that pressure on yourself. Have a biblical view that says, this is not about adding one more thing. It's about caring for the people that are around me and in my circles of influence. Hospitality involves sacrifice, intentionality, and friendship. I think those are three really good ingredients since we're talking about food sometimes. Um, (laughs) Sacrifice, intentionality, and friendship. And it does not have to be limited by your age or life stage. So most of us in this room have little kids. And it is hard. We can find a way because if... If this is something that God tells us to do and he didn't put a little clause in scripture that was like, except for when you have three little ones grabbing your legs and pulling out your hair, it doesn't actually say that in the Bible. So we can find a way to make this work because he's a good God who gives good words to us 
and is not trying to stretch us beyond uh, what is reasonable without total dependence on him. So, speaking of God and the Bible, I am not the person who originates these ideas that I'm talking about. So, this book, like, this book is the manual on hospitality. So, I looked in it to get, like, an understanding of, is this, like, an actual thing, like, in the Bible that we're supposed to be hospitable? Newsflash, yes. Um, so, First Peter, First Peter 4, chapter 7. Uh, great start. The end of all things is at hand, therefore. And then it lists a bunch of things, like good qualities, like being self-controlled and sober-minded and loving each other earnestly like that sounds like gathering and growing but then it says show hospitality to one another without grumbling and continues whoever serves is to serve by the strength that god supplies in order that in everything god may be glorified through jesus christ like what a good reminder it's a really hard thing sometimes to open your home and to pursue this virtue when you have so much going on and you're just trying to care for your own people and your own walls, um, whoever serves as the one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified. The goal is not to impress, right? It's to bless for the glory of God. Another uh, verse about this is in Romans 12. This one not as scary as the last one. The end of all things is at hand, therefore be hospitable. Uh, this one says, let love be genuine. Okay, like hospitality is an outflow of genuine love. Like all of us in this room want to be women who genuinely love others and want others to feel genuinely loved. So how can I do that? Well, among a lot of other things that it lists out, it is that we can contribute to the needs of the saints and show hospitality. So, in that word, hospitality there specifically means like a lover of strangers. So, in the idea of hospitality, it's like you're taking care of your own people, you're taking care of the people in God's household, you're also taking care of strangers and those who are far off. Um, I think all of these are really helpful ideas to kind of get our thoughts rolling. Like, this is a biblical ideal. This is not something that I am making up to heap condemnation on you, especially as we enter the holiday season. But really, I want to empower you to feel like God has actually given you this task and is also going to give you the power to do it. So with that being said, that's like our biblical foundation. Let's talk about some practical things, like how we can actually build rhythms for hospitality. Um, one note, I, I, how many of you have read the Atomic Habits book? Has anybody? I know Erica has read that. Um, okay, I have actually not read the whole book. I read like a like a really fancy summary of it. I can't think of the word right now, but it was like an executive summary or something. I don't know, but it had this really helpful quote in it. And uh, it talked about habits being best formed when they're in relationship to your identity. So like think about this with me. Instead of being like, I want to, I want to be, no, no, no. I want to clean the house every day. That sounds really scary, right? probably not going to happen if that has not been a pattern. Uh, but then think about you saying, like, I really want to grow in being an organized person. And then slowly over time, you start to build habits that get you toward that goal, that identity, for instance. That's what we want to do with hospitality. We don't want to say, like, I want to have someone over every Tuesday night 
for dinner. We want to say, I want to be a hospitable person. And in life and in the seasons that I'm in, I want God to grow me and show me how I can do that. So we want to build habits that are in relationship to our identity, not just tack on a bunch of to-do items. Atomic habits, there you go. So thinking about that, um, it takes planning. How many of you feel like, I am a planner, I love my Google Calendar, I even love my paper. So we have some planners. I see you, Sarah. Um, how many of you are like, I am free-spirited, I go with the flow of things, and I just float along, and as things happen, I do them. And yes, we have, yes, Cora, I see you too. We have both people, and so I really want to be understanding to both. And I'm going to say that hospitality takes both. Okay, so this is something that my husband and I have been pursuing probably for like the last year and a half, like intentionally. We're growing in it still. But like we didn't actually grow in hospitality until we like wrote things down on our calendar or like sat down and sent texts to people and we're like, we want to have you over. When can you come over? So some of my tips will feel more like this world of calendars and planning. And I want to push you in that because it really does take intentionality to be hospitable. I'm not going to say it takes you being this type A personality. It takes intentionality. So think about what I'm saying and like, what could that look like for me if I'm over here in this category of like, I flow along with life. Like, so all of my tips might not feel like equally applicable, to you, but I want you to try to think about it through this lens of like, let me just be intentional, okay? So I'm gonna say that, like, you do not have to do every one of my tips. There's grace, there's more than one way. These are just what have worked for us, okay? So one, one tip, which this one honestly blew up in the last couple months. So I used to plan meals monthly. I used to sit down and I would, I would write down like for a whole month, which, Sounds scary, but it actually was nice because I hate meal planning. And so I was like, ooh, I want to do this as few times as possible. So once a month instead of once a week felt good. Um, that one I had in here as a tip in case that still feels good to you. Um, we would have like themed nights, like Monday. We'd always have like, it would be a meat and a veggie and a grain or something. But like Tuesday would be Taco Tuesday. You guys know stuff like this. Wednesday would be Waffle Wednesday, which like breakfast for dinner every Wednesday. Um, Friday's pizza, things like that. So we would come up with themed nights so that the pressure for coming up with like this impressive meal every time was just not there because you just go with the flow of what you're already doing. Um, we had also grew in like texting people ahead of time at the beginning of the month and make a list of like, who are the people we would love to have in our home? let's just go ahead and send a text. Which days do you know wouldn't work for you? Because <laughs> that's an easier question than which days work for you sometimes. And then you look at your calendar and you're like, what can I do? So th those were some tips. On the spontaneity side, one thing that we ran into is like overbooking the calendar, not just with people in our homes, but like events and things going on. So it didn't feel like we had space to bump into someone and be like, hey, do you want to come over after church? Or something like that. So we always we grew to figure out we needed to mark like an open table day where it was like, we plan to have someone over, but we don't actually know who it's gonna be until we run into them in that moment. 
So that leaves the space for the spontaneous person. You don't have to know who it's going to be. You can't just bump into someone. <laughs> just walk it off. So it's still planned, but it's also spontaneous. So there's my like attempt to try to be both. Um, so some of the barriers that we have are like our own time and commitments. Like we got a lot going on. <laughs> I'm a busy person. You're a busy person. I'm not even trying to deny that. Um, one, one thing for that is a lot of D words, <laughs> delegate, drop, delay, and do like what in your life can you literally delegate to someone else, which saying that makes me feel like, are we all these boss moms who are so powerful that we're like, I have this whole team of people waiting now, but if, if there's anything in your life that you feel like there's someone else who could do this, maybe your husband Maybe do you have an older child who like could be more responsible and do something else? Or I don't know, just thinking through like, is, is everything I'm doing essential to like me having to do it? Or is there anything I can delegate? What just like are you doing that maybe just you need to reevaluate and be like, yeah, this is not the right fit. What do you need to drop? What needs to be done, but maybe not right now? Like maybe delay that one. And then you might look at your to-do list and feel like there's, the do part got like significantly shorter when I started thinking in those categories of what can I delegate, what can I drop, what can I delay. Okay, now this is what I have to do. Then our own time and commitments might feel like not as pressing in on me because I've thought through and evaluated what are some of the things that can change. Um, that's one tip. The second, this is... This sounds really heady and spiritual, but it's really helpful. Think about what matters in eternity. Like, I get in these binds and I get so stressed and I'm like, oh, I gotta do this and then that thing and then that thing. And then I kind of forget that there's actually more than this life right here. And not everything that I'm doing right now matters in the grand scheme of eternity and in the fact that you were the most important thing about you is that you are a human being created by a God who loves and knows you and designed you to live with him forever. And that's the transcendent truth above any of our circumstances. And so when we are getting all stressed about what's going on, we can think, does this actually like matter in eternity? Maybe that can remove some of that pressure. And then ask yourself this question. Is my busy schedule a result of prioritizing the wrong things? What can I prayerfully drop from my schedule? One note to you might be in a temporary season where you just like you just need a little extra love and care and attention and you can't actually focus outside of your four walls as much because there's a lot going on inside in this season and that's also okay because we live our lives in seasons, I love that metaphor, um, and it's okay to endure right now with joy and then start fresh in a couple weeks or months. Like, this is not a, like, you need to go home and restructure your life if that is not where you are feasibly right now, okay? So, we get stressed, and a barrier is our own time and commitments. Another barrier is the stress about the location and the time, okay? That's a barrier to hospitality. So here's a couple tips and questions for that. One tip is clean your house a little bit every day, just a little, something. Maybe you went to her workshop, Allison's workshop, and you learned about zones. 
just do one zone, just a little zone every day. And then, oh, here's a good tip because we feel embarrassed about bathrooms. Clean the bathrooms before the weekend. If you plan on having like people over on the weekends, just clean the bathroom before the weekend. So you're not like scrubbing the toilet five minutes before you're pulling the turkey out of the No, we're gonna talk, it doesn't have to be a turkey. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like bathrooms we get stressed about. So just make a plan for your bathroom <laughs> that feels like, and maybe it's just one of the bathrooms if you have a house with multiple bathrooms. Just, just the one you know they'll go into, <laughs> right? Okay, let's be real, okay. But then, but then here's the heart question that goes with this. Is my stress over my house coming from a heart that is seeking to bless or to impress? Because you got to go back to that entertainment versus hospitality thing. Like when we get that all mixed up, it can feel like a frenzy. We need to keep the priorities straight. We are seeking to bless others and fold others into the mix, not to entertain and make ourselves look awesome. You don't have to conceal evidence of ordinary life. You are a person with children and a family and things going on, and people know that. They know it. Like, they're not like, oh, yeah, I forgot you have kids, so your house, like, might look like you have kids in it. People know. They do. <laughs> because also the people who are coming might be in the same situation. So there we go. Remember that. Is my stress coming from a heart? that is seeking to impress or to bless. Or if you're like, we just can't get this house scenario down, it doesn't have to actually be at your house. Like you can go somewhere else and be a hospitable person who is warm and welcoming and kind to people in God's household and strangers. Like you could go to Chick-fil-A and be like, hey, let's meet for dinner and have a warm conversation and have genuine fellowship, and get to know someone's heart, and bless them in that way. Like, it doesn't literally have to be at your house. If it was warmer, I would say, go to Joyner Park, and go on a picnic. Maybe go in your backyard. Here's, this one hits multiple helpful things, because if you guys have a lot of kids, and you're like, oh, the kids are going to destroy the house, guess what? They can destroy the outside, and the grass, and go crazy. And you can just like sit down at your table. Or if you don't have outdoor furniture, you can lay a blanket out and like share a picnic. And that can be super fun. Like I'm trying to encourage you and push you. The hospitality is not like this box, boxy thing that you need to fit a mold. It's a heart attitude that's about blessing. And so you can get creative about the location and the time, like finding a time that actually works well for you. It might not be dinner. Maybe dinner is fussy hour and you're just like, 5 p.m. hits and oof, you don't want to be in my house. Like, dessert after the kids go to bed could be an idea. Um, picnic in the afternoon. Like, also, it literally doesn't even have to revolve around food, though I do really like food, um, personally, because hospitality is a heart attitude that is about blessing others and folding people into your life you can literally invite someone to go grocery shopping with you and have a really awesome conversation as you walk the aisles of Aldi. It can happen. It, it really can because there's this like blending of hospitality and friendship and discipleship and these fancy words, but also regular words. Like it, it, it can be all of those things, okay? 
So also on the meal, we're like, what am I going to make? Sometimes you make homemade bread and sometimes you get $2 bread from Aldi. Um, or sometimes you make a meal and sometimes there's a time for takeout and you get Lynn's Garden because everybody likes Lynn's Garden. Um, come up with one or two like go-to meals that you're like, this is what I make when people come over. Also bonus points if it's allergen friendly because then you don't have to redesign the whole menu every time. Rice and beans work really well. They're very inexpensive and they feed a lot of people and most people are not allergic to rice and beans. Okay, crock pot meals where you don't have to do all the prep right before they come. You dump it all in and wait eight hours and your house smells amazing. Okay, um, like these are all really helpful tips. Or you could go to the grocery store if you're like, ooh, we need something fast. Get a rotisserie chicken, Hawaiian rolls, and fruit. Bam, you got it. Or like soup is perfect this time of year. Like you can come up with really simple meals that do not have to be this like five hour prep situation. It doesn't have to happen like that. Um, okay, I know I'm running out of time, so I just wanna end by saying, the reason that we practice hospitality is because we have actually received hospitality from God. When we are embraced by God, we make space for other people and invite them in. Deuteronomy 10:19 says, you are to love those who are foreigners for you yourselves were foreigners in the land of Egypt. Like, in the New Testament, Colossians 1 says, You who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless. Like, there's this theme in your life that you once were, like, a far-off person from God, and then he brought you near. And there was a time in your life when you were hungry, you were poor, you were weak, you were needy, you were alone, you were ashamed, you were a whole long list of things, and then there's a but. There's a but God then fed you bread, and he gave you the bread of life, and he offered you a joy that is better and more lasting than any riches in this world, and he accepted you in your moment of weakness and sin and required nothing of you, and he took your burdens on himself so that you can walk freely and lightly. And he adopted you <laughs> into his family. And he's preparing a place for you. And he covered your shame. And he gave you a name and a new identity and a new mission. Like, you were once this. And then you were this. And that's why we practice hospitality. And if you don't have a story like that, maybe you're like, I don't know what that means, actually. <laughs> like, hospitality from God this is, like, hospitality is treating outsiders like insiders. God treated us as an insider, even though we didn't deserve it. And this is, this is how it takes place. Jesus Christ came for you and is coming for you. And if this sounds crazy, talk to your table leader and the ladies at your table. But let me read a passage that just says it so succinctly. Romans 5.8 says, While we were still weak, still weak, like currently in the weakness. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. One will scarcely die for a righteous person, perhaps for a good person, someone would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I just want to say that Jesus Christ died for you personally when you least deserved it, and he did it because he loves you personally. 
And he wants to welcome you into an eternal family and a home where all the wrong things will actually be made right. And you will actually finally be free of your shame and your guilt and your sin and free to enjoy him at the centerpiece of all of it. God treated Jesus as an outsider so that you could be treated as an insider and be a full recipient of the love of God. And he not only died, Jesus not actually only died, but then he rose again, 1 Corinthians 15 says, so that the sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, you might have heard in this room, is like the central thing to all of life, and it actually has something to say about hospitality too. And so I just want to encourage you that you are an outsider. Maybe you're still an outsider. You can actually be an insider by the grace of Jesus Christ. And if you want to know more about that, talk to me or Erica or your table leader or anybody. Because this, like, this is a real hospitality that actually lasts forever. And this is the warmth and the strength that will help you to grow in this virtue. So I am going to end there and just encourage you. This biblical truth, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And Jesus gave so that you can receive and so we can give so that others receive. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that it's true that we have a home and a family and a place and a name and warmth and eternal security and a freedom from guilt and shame and sin because Jesus came and lived and died and rose. And I pray that that truth would empower us to be women who are more hospitable and warm and friendly, that you would free us from feeling like it has to look a certain way, but you would give us a heart attitude that seeks to bless others as we have been greatly blessed and loved in you. And that is not trying to impress, not trying to make a name for myself, but is seeking to live for you because you have loved me and given everything for me. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, that concludes our talk from Caitlin Cerrito. Um, If you have any questions or comments regarding this talk for us, we can help you with that. You can contact us at nwlilymoms at gmail.com and we will get back to you and connect you and find you the answers. Um, Caitlin also left us a couple questions for our discussion group tables today. And I feel like personally they helped me super much in digesting all of the information that I had just listened to and then in being able to digest all of that mentally it will also help me figure out how to practically apply all of these things to my life as a mother and I was hoping that our listeners would be able to benefit from these questions as well so I'm going to take a minute to go and read through a couple of them for you guys and I hope that you find them helpful and encouraging as well. So I'm just going to dive right in. Question number one was, think about a time that you were blessed by someone's hospitality towards you. And, you know, that doesn't have to look like quote unquote conventional hospitality. Um, Just think back on a time when you experienced someone being hospitable towards you. And what did that look like? How did that make you feel? Um, And have you experienced the quote-unquote entertainment mindset that often replaces a true heart of hospitality? Um, For me, it also helped me to think about, you know, 
Pinterest perfect <laughs> hospitality. Like, what did that look like? Was it really just entertainment looking like hospitality? Hospitality. How did it make you feel? How, what was the result? Um, walking away from it. What was that? You know. And number three, what are some of the barriers that help that? keep saying I want to say that help keep you but that's not the right word let me read that again what are some of the barriers that keep you from being hospitable which of the practical tips could help you overcome those barriers and could you think of some creative ideas for how hospitality could look for you specifically you listener in this season um the season of life with little ones you know and what does that look like in your circumstances? What does that look like with a spouse's work schedule, nap time, meal times, bedtimes, wake times, you know, all of the things. <laughs> and how can we put hospitality into our lives as believers? And how does understanding more about Christ's example help us in our pursuit of hospitality? As well as have you personally experienced God's hospitality towards you? And what does that mean to you? Now, if those two questions at the very end there um take a minute to think about that if if it takes you a minute to kind of come up with an answer um I think that's a great thing I think it's a good two good two great questions to really meditate on if you need to go back and listen to the message again I think that will help you formulate some answers there and I think those two questions are really beneficial for our listeners um who really want to know about the heart of hospitality and why we do it. So, I hope, I pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Um, We are thankful to Caitlin for bringing us all of this goodness and truth to our moms. Um, Our goal at Lily Moms is to help promote growth in both faith and community. So, I think this talk was pertaining to both of those things. Thanks for listening in. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to hit the notification or follow buttons for future episodes. These are recordings of our in-person meetings at North Wake Church. You can find us on Instagram at the user NW as in North Wake Lily Moms, all one word, NW Lily Moms. Or you can find us on Facebook at North Wake Lily Moms Playdates, where you can find information on all our local gatherings in Wake Forest, North Raleigh, and the surrounding areas. We hope that you will find us and join us. And thanks again. Have a wonderful day.